Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Neo Shabin. This audio series is true crime horror stories that happen to real people, things that we just can't explain. I always say the creepiest crimes happen in small towns. Maybe it's because it's so many hidden secrets. Who knows? Before we start, we just want to give a very big shout out to our sponsors, Gore Culture, your first stop for all horror-related content, preferred source for latest thrillers, sci-fi, horror films, news, and more. And also, big shout out to MBB Films Productions for giving us a platform. It's evil. Real Alabama cases. College student, Anaya Blanchard. Anaya Blanchard, 19, the stepdaughter of UFC fighter Walt Harris, went missing in October 2019. Her remains were found about a month later, and authorities arrested a suspect who maintains his innocence. Anaya Blanchard grew up in Homewood, Alabama, where everyone knew her as loving and caring. Anaya was very close to her mother, Angela Harris, her siblings, and her stepfather, UFC heavyweight fighter, Walt Harris. Anaya was also close to her father, Elijah Blanchard Sr., who remained a strong presence throughout her life. October 23rd, 2019, Anaya dropped her brother, Elijah, off at his home in Auburn, Alabama, where they both attended college. Anaya and Elijah lived 10 minutes away from each other. October 23rd, 2019, 11.09 p.m. Anaya's friend and roommate, Sarah O'Brien, was waiting for Anaya to get back home. At 11.09 p.m., she messaged her. Are you almost home? Anaya replied, yeah. But 30 minutes later, Anaya had yet to come home. 11.38 p.m., Sarah messaged Anaya again, asking her if she went out. Anaya replied, she went out with a man named Eric, and he was someone she just met. Sarah checked Anaya's location, a phone feature they always shared, and assumed she was hanging out with a friend at an apartment complex where other college students lived nearby. Next morning, October 24th, 2019. Sarah noticed that Anaya did not come home. She reached out to Anaya's brother Elijah, and he in turn called the woman Anaya babysat for, Karina Thomas, who told him Anaya did not show up for work. Elijah then called his mother, Angela Harris, and his stepfather, Walt Harris, telling them Anaya is missing. They immediately drove to Auburn, October 24th, 2019. One of the signs that had everyone worried was that Anaya had left her dog alone overnight. Her mother knew that was not something Anaya would do. The dog was like a baby to her. Desperately searching, October 24th, 2019, Angela and Walt Harris were desperately searching for Anaya from the moment they got to Auburn. They drove everywhere looking for any signs of her, including in people's yards. They also asked the public for help on TV and social media. People in the community responded by organizing searches and vigils. October 25th, 2019. Anaya's car was found about 55 miles away from Auburn at an apartment complex in Montgomery, Alabama. Police said that the evidence inside suggested Anaya was seriously harmed. Surveillance images released. October 28th, 2019. The police released images of Anaya from October 23rd, the night she went missing. The video was from a convenience store at a gas station just two minutes away from her apartment. Police say that she stopped to buy potato chips at around 11.21 p.m. 
November 6, 2019. Police released surveillance video images of a person of interest who was at the gas station around the same time Anaya Blanchard was there. The man in the photo was identified the next day as Abrim Yazim, a 30-year-old man from Montgomery, Alabama, with a lengthy arrest record. He was out on bond on charges that he had beaten and robbed two people earlier that year. Yazim is captured by U.S. Marshals in Excambia County, Florida, following a brief chase late at night. He was arrested and charged with the kidnapping and then extradited to Lee County, Alabama. Detective Josh Mixon from the Auburn Police Department testified during a hearing that a witness who was at the gas station the night Anaya went missing told police that he saw a man force Anaya into the car. Authorities find human remains in a wooded area of Macon County, Alabama. Two days later, they announced the remains belonged to Anaya Blanchard. December 2nd, 2019, authorities announced the kidnapping and charges against Yazim will now be upgraded to capital murder. They will seek the death penalty. He's being held in Lee County Jail, awaiting trial. Anaya's tragic death left an entire community devastated. A few days before Christmas in 2019, nearly 2,000 people joined a memorial service to celebrate her life, and December 21st, 2019, was officially declared Anaya Haley Blanchard Day in Homewood, Alabama, her hometown. Angela Harris, Anaya's mom, Elijah Blanchard Sr., and the entire Harris Blanchard family are advocates for Anaya's law a bill that, if enacted, will help deny bond to suspects accused of violent offenses. This bill passed the Alabama House on February 23, 2021. Story number two. IHOP employee kills man who fatally shot his father. After a man opened fire on employees at a Huntsville IHOP restaurant late Wednesday, one of the workers pulled out his own gun and fatally shot the suspect, authorities said. Roderick Turner, a 25-year-old IHOP customer, and Roy Brown Sr., a 56-year-old employee, were killed at the restaurant on Memorial Parkway, police said. After customers opened fire on IHOP employee, a man fatally shot his father's killer, police said. The deadly situation started when Turner went to pick up a to-go order before 10 p.m. Police said Turner got into a fight with employees because he was upset about the food service. Turner got a gun and started shooting at employees, killing Brown. Also injured by Turner gunfire was another IHOP employee who police identified as Brown's son. Brown's son pulled a gun of his own and fatally shot Turner. Police said they aren't publicly releasing the son's name. He is expected to survive. At this time, there does not appear to be any arrest that will be made in the case. However, it will be turned over to a grand jury for review. Chief Trail Attorney Tim said that Huntsville Police Department hasn't contacted him about the case. When a case is presented to a grand jury, prosecutors show evidence to the jurors. Johnson said investigators have reviewed evidence and talked to multiple witnesses. The restaurant at the corner of Memorial Park and Drake Avenue who are also asked to determine whether criminals' charges should be filed, an IHOP spokesperson said. It was closed Thursday as police continued investigating. IHOP spokeswoman Stephanie Peterson said Thursday that the company is focused on taking care of the customers and team members who were at the restaurant during the gunfire. This is a heartbreaking situation, and our thoughts at this time are the individuals and families of those involved. 
Peterson said in a statement to Alabama.com. The restaurant team is working closely with assisting authorities to piece together the events that unfolded. The windows and the doors of the restaurant at the corner of Drake's Avenue was covered Thursday morning. Tyler Berryhill publicly identified the slain men whose bodies were taken from autopsy at the Auburn Department of Forensic Science on Thursday. Three people have died in the shooting in Huntsville so far 2019. Story number three. A little boy lost. A man destined to murder. Siebert died a helpless prisoner, much the way his life started on June 17, 1954. And Montos, Illinois. Daniel was born into a home that was dominated by his abusive, sadistic father, Erwin Julius Siebert. As a child, Daniel Lee Siebert was sexually and physically abused by his father in every imaginable way. He had been beaten, raped, forced to perform oral sex, and made to put on girls' underwear and have sex with his father. His father would gag him, tie him up, even urinate on him. Daniel was routinely hit with a bullwhip so severely that the scars remained until he was a grown man. Siebert's mother was afraid to expose the abuse occurring in their home, afraid of her husband, until one day, when Daniel was 11 years old, she took him and his sister and left. But as Siebert later told his son, I now know it was too late. When Daniel was 12 years old, his mother reportedly found a new man, at which point he ran away from home and according to his son, was lost to the streets and drugs and prostitution. In 1972, Daniel Siebert decided to try straightening his life out. He joined the Marines under the name Daniel Marlowe and hoped that the discipline would benefit him, but he was given an early dishonorable discharge. In 1975, Daniel's son and daughter were born. His son, Damien Siebert, is currently a prisoner of the state of California. Siebert's violence began to get him in serious trouble in 1979 when he was convicted of manslaughter in Las Vegas. We know after his release for manslaughter, he traveled from state to state, and at some point he began using the name Danny Spence. Around December 30, 1985, Daniel was befriended by Donald Hendren. Donald was on his way to Talladega, Alabama to be an artist in the resident of Alabama Institution of the Deaf and Blind. Danny had been carrying an artist's case and hitching near Tuscan, so Donald picked him up, eventually invited him to come to Alabama with him and work at the institution as well. Siebert declined and told Donald he was going home to Illinois. The two went their separate ways in Jackson, Mississippi. It was not long before Donald called Daniel Lee Siebert and persuaded him to come to Alabama. The move to Talladega. In January 1986, Daniel Lee Siebert moved in with Donald in Talladega, Alabama, and helped Hendrick design stage sets at school. Siebert, still using the name Danny Spence, reportedly volunteered at the school as an art teacher in hope that it would lead to a permanent position. Donald had reported that he moved out of the apartment shortly after Danny arrived because Danny started dating a student from the institution, 24-year-old Sherry Weathers, and this was against school policies. Sherry Weathers was a hearing-impaired single mother who worked with other handicapped individuals at the school. She had two young sons, five-year-old Chad and four-year-old Joseph. On February 19, 1986, Danny Spence went to Sherry's home, strangled her and her boys. His night of murder did not end there. He strangled Linda, 
who was also hearing impaired and lived in the same apartment building as Sherry, and then stole her car. Their bodies were not found until February 24th, when the school had become worried about Sherry, who they had not heard from, and someone called the manager of the apartment building. The manager tried calling Sherry, but there was no answer. Sherry and her boys were found together on her bed, covered with a blanket. The manager then notified the police that there was another woman, Linda, who was missing. The police went to her apartment and found her naked and strangled, lying dead in the apartment. Her television was on and her car was gone. Spence, in the meantime, had not been to work at school since February 20th. Also, on February 20th, the body of a 19-year-old black prostitute, Cheryl Evans, was found after she has been missing for about a week. Her body was dumped on the side of the road in a nearby county, and police later suspected that Daniel Lee Siebert was responsible for her death. On February 24, 1986, a 32-year-old cocktail waitress, Linda Odom, who Siebert may have had a relationship with, was reported missing. On March 3, 1986, Linda Carr was found abandoned with a flat tire on Interstate 65 in Kentucky. Nearby, the police found a campsite where there was a large collection of women underwear and a birth certificate with the name Danny Ray Spence on it. Fingerprints from the crime scene and the car matched Daniel Lee Siebert, who the police discovered had a previous conviction of manslaughter. They also found out that he was previously wanted for first-degree assault in San Francisco, stemming from an incident when he strangled a prostitute. The woman survived the attack and filed charges against him. There was now a manhunt for Daniel Lee Siebert, a serial killer. On March 30, 1986, the decomposed remains of Linda Odom was found outside of Talladega. The search of Daniel Lee Siebert continued for six months, during which time police received reports that he was in many different states and had possibly even been in Canada. Then on September 3, 1986, a friend of Siebert's contacted police and said he'd called her. The police were ready for him the next time he called and were able to trace the call to a phone booth in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. The police showed his mugshot around, and some employees at the restaurant recognized him. When he arrived at the restaurant the next day, he was arrested. Siebert quickly confessed to five murders in Alabama. Weathers, her two children, Linda German and Linda Odom, and he suggested there were others. When the police asked him how many more, he replied, maybe a dozen, maybe more. I try to put things out of my mind. In 1987, while waiting trial, Daniel Lee Siebert confessed to murders of two women in Los Angeles. This resulted him in being charged with 1985 murders of 28-year-old Castro and 19-year-old Nisa. Both women were black prostitutes and both were strangled. Los Angeles County Sheriff Sherman Black stated that Siebert had provided information that would be known only to the person involved in the murders and declared that he had no doubt Siebert was responsible for murders of the two young women. He was also eventually charged with the 1986 strangulation of 57-year-old Patrice, whose body was found in a hotel room in Atlantic City, New Jersey. In 1987, Siebert received the death penalty for the murders of Sherry Weathers and her children, and Linda. He was sentenced to life for the murder of Linda Odom. While in prison, Siebert liked to draw, often depicting women in bondage. He stated he learned how to draw when he was hiding from his father. He had more than a couple of female pen pals who were quite devoted to him and would post 
updates about him and death penalty laws on the internet. What a sad case. He actually had pen pals. We'll see you next time on It's Evil, Real Alabama Cases. Stay safe. Hey guys, it's Miosha Bean. Thank you guys for listening to my podcast and just watching all of the videos that we are sharing on our YouTube and Facebook and Instagram platform. Want to just offer you guys a membership level, guys. Um, we're offering it on Patreon at Miosha Bean official page for $5. Become a loyal subscriber to get early access videos to videos that I will never drop on YouTube, that I will never drop or has ever been out or seen um, by the public. So you get to have access to behind the scenes, interviews, and also we're offering membership on MBB Films Productions on my YouTube channel as well. You get to have membership live chats, access to early videos, and you get to connect to me personally on social media once you become a member. Um, there's three tiers, so there's a lot of special perks on that channel as well. So head over there to MBB Film Productions on the YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for your support. It really means a lot to me and to our team. We'll see you guys soon.